Views expressed by the hosts are their own and does not imply an endorsement of any entities they represent. Will you just flip it? Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of Just Flip It. I'm Ewan, joining me today is Patrick and I've got Ian via Skype again. I thought that while I had him, I decided to drag him in for another episode. Let us know if you like listening to him or if we should kick him to the curb. I'd, I'd, prefer, I'd prefer to not get kicked no, to the no. curb. Hey, girl, you kick him to the curb. <laughs> <laughs> so, we decided, so we decided to do another quick episode. This one is going to be uh, an article that came up on Garbo's United the other day. Um, about clean away. Um, we also wanted to talk about rubbish during the pandemic. So first off, um, someone posted the other day about this article that clean away has won 21 of 28 councils across Metro Melbourne. Patrick's got a little bit more of it. So it's not actually clean away won the contracts. They've just won the ability to get rid of the waste is my understanding but Patrick has more on it. Yeah, so the the article, people misunderstood it, meaning that they've won 21 out of 28 of the um, the Melbourne, uh, like the Metro LGAs. It's not, that they haven't won the contract to do the collections. It's in relation to the disposal. So um, I, it is quite different than Sydney where you guys have actually got... Um, we'll say a, a, an abundance of, of landfills. Um, we only really have in metropolitan Melbourne, and I, I don't say this, I don't want anyone suing me. When I say major, I mean if you go the the east and the west or the, the northwest, there's really only two landfills um, that, that are taking a large quantity of um of pute waste, which is um, you have Suez out in the east and out in the the west you've got um, Cleanaways Landfill, which is the biggest one in the state. Um, but these councils have signed up for the disposal aspect. So it's got nothing to do with, you know, this is being picked up by JJ's, it's being picked up by councils directly, it's being picked up by Solo, it's being picked up by Cleanaway. Um, it, it, it's got nothing to do with the collection aspect. So a lot of councils um, have been very active in chasing the cheapest dump rates. Um, so you'd actually see like one week they might be going here, one week they might be going there, one you know, they might send half their trucks there to get, you know, to make sure that they keep in that discounted rate while they send the other half trucks to somewhere else. So basically what this is doing though is this, this is locking these councils in to a obviously what they're considering to be a cost-effective rate to dump at just clean away facilities. Um, so on my side of town, there is um, SEMTS SEMPS, which is um, the South East Melbourne Transfer Station, uh, Ten Bay Transfer Station. Um, it's relatively quick turnaround time. They have two um, uh, two B double loading. Uh, docks that run simultaneously um, and it's highly automated so you it's open um, 24 hours except for the weekends so it's really efficient for the councils then they have going a little bit further out 
um, you know, going towards the the uh, Dandenong Ranges, they also have uh, Listerfield. And then on the other side of town, they obviously have the MRL, which is the Melbourne Regional Landfill. So it's made, the whole point of this is that it is convenient for councils. There's lots of locations, um, easy access from, you know, no matter which sort of area they're coming from. And obviously the price point is part of it as well. See, that's a that's a really weird concept to me and probably Ian as well is we go out, pick up our rubbish, we come back to the same place. The fact that you're out there picking up rubbish and when you finish you might get a phone call or a message on your dispatch saying, hey, don't go to this place, go to this place because it's cheaper and then you're like, oh, now I've got to go to another place. Like from a cost from a cost effective point of view it makes sense but it just seems very strange like because we don't do that i suppose though like that the difference is that when you are you know when you're a subcontractor working on behalf of the council it's not the, the, the these those decisions where they chop and change it it's got nothing to do with the collection company that decision being made by the council yeah. because at the end of the day they're the ones paying for the disposal so you know, they say jump and you say how high. Um, so that's obviously though designed to eliminate that from happening because they're all going to be locked into using um, clean waste facilities. And I don't use that in a negative negative term, but I mean that that's they'll know with certainty every day that hey, if we're in this area, we can go tip off here. If we're in this area, we can go tip off here. We're not going to get told all of a sudden to drive, you know, an extra thirty kilometers to tip somewhere else. Yeah, um, and it pro- probably you know, I think it's going to be. Sorry, go on. It probably opens up a um, a truck planning thing as well, like where if you need to go to a certain landfill, you might have to throw an extra truck on the road. But because you're going to you're going to the same place all the time, you'll probably be able to pull a truck or two off the road. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm not sure if that's. I think it might just be more a, a slight reduction of hours or being able to, to maintain, you know, you know, not to not breach um, NHVR and stuff like that. But I think the other, the other side of it is that it means that they're going to, it's going to be consistent, but I'm the thing that I'm concerned about from someone who does, you know, use um, Southeast Melbourne transfer station is that if this is a trebling. So, those who don't know what that means three times it's a it's a trebling of the volume that they're going to take though and when they do get backed up because obviously it's a continual process but they need the flow of those transfer trailers to be in out in out in out in out it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts um you know the other companies using those facilities because it is it's not just for um household it is everyone goes there so you have um, bulk, you have security loads, you have um, uh, commercial, and you have residential. So you've got a lot of different companies needing to use those facilities, um, and it is on a first-come, first-serve. So once you literally pull up to those automated way bridges, you're just stuck in the queue. So regardless of, you know, you, there's no priority given because you can't, it becomes it sort of, it's like a funnel, you all form into the one lane, um, so that's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. But I think on the flip side, it will make the, um, you know, for the, those commercial guys who use uh, the Suez landfill 
um, at Hallam, it's going to make it probably a lot better because you won't ever be stuck behind any residential trucks. You're only going to be um, dealing with the other the other CNI guys. So I think it might actually move some of that volume from you know, from one hand to the other, basically. Well, the next point that we had about it is, is this move a monopoly on the business? Um, but, I mean, you can also, you can argue against, so it could be a monopoly in the fact that they're, they're getting more waste coming to them so they're getting more money. But the problem is, is once you get more waste coming to me, your landfill fills up. So it might be a good thing for Suez because, like you said, rubbish is going to triple going there. So that means, does that mean that the landfill is going to fill up three times as fast? Then Suez is going to sit back and go, hey, you know how you've done that deal and now you're out of waste? You know how yeah. we used to charge $50? I think, We're going to charge I 150 there's a lot of aspects to it. So I think the first, when you first look at it from from purely just saying that 21 out of 28, it does sound like a monopoly. But as I said, when you look at the, the reality of it, that there is really only two major landfills in Melbourne, you've already got a duopoly that you could say from that point. So that's yeah. the first thing. The second thing is that the... A lot, a lot of what was happening was they were a lot of these councils were tipping at different transfer stations. Guess where they ended up? Though it still went via truck to one of those two landfills anyway. So again, it's not like it's just moving money around. It's not actually, it's not like that that volume was going to some other magical place. It would just go in a different company's transfer trailer to either Suez or Cleanaway, depending on which side of town they're on. Um, but what you're saying though, in terms of volume, look, from a, look, this is purely my, my opinion. My understanding is the, the life of MRL is a lot longer than what Suez at Hallam is because that's been there for a long time and it's in a, it's in a much more compact area. Whereas, um, I think MRL has gotten a, a life expectancy of about 40 more years, um, because it's a massive site and it's actually joined with Borrell. So literally as Borrell is doing the excavation, Cleanaway is doing the infill. Yep. So it's 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 a, it's an ongoing thing and that that site is still very much active for Borrell as well. Yep. But I think it's I think if anything it will probably add a few years um to the life expectancy of Suez, which is great for the C and I guys out this side of town because it is significantly cheaper. Um than, than than tipping at the transfer station. So since we are talking about the rubbish and that, uh, the and the other reason that Ian is here, he's been a bit quiet, is rubbish during the pandemic, residential and commercial. Um, as a residential driver, me and Ian, we have found that rubbish picking up has just gone through the roof. It's absolutely ridiculous. We used, like, we're used to doing one to two loads, we're now doing three loads every day for the last month since this lockdown. Um, it's also interested in it's also interesting in listening to Patrick uh, the way that his rubbish has been affected. Um, so our landfill, it's actually closed to the public. 
but it's open to uh, businesses and people that do not have a curbside collection. That's in New South Wales. Um, I was looking through the EPA documents the other day and it said that going to the tip is not a central is not a central travel unless you do not have a bin service then there's also a statement that says recycling centers are no longer open where does it stand when you're a place like ours where you have the recycling and the tip in the same place my interpretation of that particular um, clause it did say in the document it said community recycling center now i think and this depends on which side it is because every crc on every site in new south wales that the epa services um, ours is one of the manned ones Um, for example the lga north of us it's not manned all the time Uh, i think the reason they're saying the CRC should be closed would be to cover the COVID um, pandemic, uh, the safety policies and such, so that there's no uh, transmission of the disease. If, if, you know, if someone comes in that's a positive case and they don't know it and that they're infectious, then that rules out the chance of a, a transmission. Um, the other thing too, and see, that's to me at, at our particular landfill site, we have a CRC, we have a transfer station, and we have a recycling section. Now, my interpretation of that document is the CRC should be closed. The recycling section needs to be open, obviously, for the non-curbside collection people. And the transfer section for the non-recyclable stuff is open for the non-curbside and the businesses. The recycling, sorry, I should also say the recycling section is open for the businesses, for the ones that bring in metal and um, coming to recycle, that kind of stuff. Um, but apart from that, I've personally um, spent a fair bit of time on the front gate of our landfill um, advising people on what they can and can't do regarding um, dumping of rubbish. One of the side effects of it is you either get abused by them and get told that you're an idiot. Uh, the other side effect of it is they go, oh, well, okay, I'll just take it and dump it somewhere else, which if you translate it to what it really means, it means that they're going to go and dump it in the bush. Um, and if they're silly enough to leave their personal details in that rubbish somewhere, then obviously the Red Squad catches up with them. Um, the other thing too, uh, going going back to the curbside collection, with since everyone's at home in lockdown, well, they're supposed to be at home. I mean, I went to Bunnings today and every man and his dog was down there. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was free-for-all and there was people in there not wearing masks, but let's not touch that topic. Um, The case in point is everyone's at home, so everybody's generating a lot more rubbish. And because the tips are closed, people are also throwing all their hard waste in the bins as well, which is why myself and Ewan are blowing out to three loads nearly every day. Um, as an example, uh, on our Mondays, there is one run that we do. Uh, normally, you might come within, oh, I don't know, 15 to 30 bins of finishing the run. Your compactor's all jammed up because you can't pick up any more rubbish. So the fellow that's across the road from where you are, you ring him up and you say, yeah, I've just got 15 to 20 bins. Can you grab them for us? He'll usually say, no worries. Now that the pandemic lockdown is on in that particular area, 
we've found ourselves having to go back for maybe three or four streets, which is like, I think it's about maybe anywhere from a hundred to 250 bins. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely astronomical. The amount of rubbish that is coming out of this one suburb. And uh, it's usually, it's typically a heavy suburb to begin with. But now that this is going on is we're not even getting close to finishing that run. Like we're having to go back to our landfill which, to put it into perspective, I think it's about, I think it's about 45 15, minute minutes. It's, it's a 45-minute round trip. Is it a round trip or is it 45 minutes each way? It's 45 minutes to an hour round trip, depending on if you get caught in traffic. So, yeah, like, we're, we're, pushing, we're pushing our hours, like, at the moment, if we're, uh, at the moment when you take your break, we're doing our eight hours, on this one Monday, on the particular run, you're, you're guaranteed to do an hour and a half to two hours overtime just on doing that one run. Yeah, and that's that's where it comes back to. Um, we've been we've been wanting to ask if we could put a sixth truck on, but in the eyes of our illustrious leader, um, he doesn't believe that a sixth truck will fix the problem. No. Uh, at the like at the moment on that day, we've got five trucks running already. Um, servicing that particular day's uh, zones, uh, and even even the fifth truck that was brought on to um, take sections of runs off the mainline trucks, uh, even he's been struggling to get his areas on. So, but like I said, it comes down to everybody is at home, so everybody's generating more rubbish. It all. It comes down to everybody being bored and not being able to go to the dump because they wanted to clean up their houses. So, therefore, all the bulk waste is going in the bins and us garbos are the ones copping the short end of the stick with it. So, I'm just basically going to say that if anybody out there is listening that isn't a garbo, I'm just going to say it's fine for you to clean up your property. It's fine for you to do what you're doing, but the landfills are going to reopen eventually. And you will be able to go to the tip. It's just a case of please be patient. Yeah, try and, um, try and spread try and spread your load out. Like and and also, yeah, if you feel the need to throw your hard waste in your residential bin, um, if you operate in those LGAs where um, the bins don't get weighed when they get picked up, because I'm led to believe that there is, I think it's the city of Ride. Um, they have EF, they have RFID tags all over their bins and. The bin gets weighed as it gets picked up by the side loader truck. Um, our LGA doesn't have that system because apparently it's it's super expensive to implement. And spread your rubbish out amongst your neighbours' bins. I mean, if you've got uh, neighbours that live nearby that don't generate a lot of rubbish, ask them if you can put it in their bin. And I'm also going to ask that you don't contaminate your recycling bins because – Please remember that there are people, there are live human beings sorting that rubbish at the other end by hand. Yes, they're wearing gloves, but they're still sorting it by hand. And every time I see a big black plastic bag hanging out of the side of a recycling bin, I sit there and think, how many syringes are in that bin, in that bag? How many nappies are in that bag? How much um, is that person suffering from, is, is that person isolating due to COVID? Is that person have a medical condition that is contagious? You know, that's the type of thing that I feel bad for for those for those people um, that are sorting that rubbish by hand, or so, should I say, sorting that recycling by hand. 
So um, that's that's my piece on it. Um, you and if you wanted to add some more to it, yeah, go right ahead. Um, so, so otherwise, one, yeah. One thing that one thing that we did discuss uh, before we started the episode is Patrick was saying that landfills are closed in Victoria. You cannot go there. Like no businesses, no, yeah. Not, not unless you are actually like a a registered waste business. But just I'm gonna I've just listened to you say all of that, and I'm just I'm just gonna throw something out that's a little bit um, controversial here. Why, <laughs> here we go. why don't people just order skips? Ah, uh, <laughs> see, that's the, and that's the thing is. There are people out there that are doing it. I've observed it while I've been out doing collections. There are quite a few skips out the front of houses. Um, I think it's it's largely to come down as well to the financial side of it. A lot of people can't afford to hire a skip. Yeah, and <laughs> I think I should. I, I think it's I should also because you guys because you guys are in a semi. I'm just gonna I'm gonna say a semi regional area. Um, like most most councils here do not give you like you can't first of all most councils don't have their own transfer station and then second of all they certainly don't give you like vouchers or anything like that so if you go to the tip you pay gate price you know like you know 300 bucks a ton so i suppose that does make a little bit of a difference but i'm thinking like if you're that desperate to get rid of stuff just fucking book a skip you know get those wino bags from bunnings that they come and pick up with the with a crane truck, like. So I'll, I'll I'll answer it. It'll be controversial, and I'll say this is my opinion and my opinion only. One of the things that we have the problem with our place, our LGA, is we have vouchers, and people think that just because they have vouchers, they're entitled to them. Now, the thing about our about the council is. You don't pay for the vouchers. These vouchers are given to you under goodwill of the council. Yes, you pay for your rates, but these vouchers are basically... These people can get rid of a lot of rubbish for no extra out-of-pocket. Just for the reference of the listeners, um, RLGA pays per residence... I think it's about $630 a year on their land rates, which is this is for people that have curbside, which then they are given, as Ewan said, in good faith, for 500 kilo vouchers for recycling and uh, landfilling. So, sorry, go on, Ewan. And they're not paying extra for these vouchers. Like the, the, the council is doing them a really good favour. And it's like they're entitled. It's like this whole entitlement of, I'm, I deserve to be used this. I'm at home. I'm stuck. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I'm entitled. And it's just like, okay, you are entitled. But as a worker, I'm also entitled to be protected from a disease that's currently going around the world. I'm also entitled to not get abused. And yet that continues to happen most days. I'm also entitled not to be stalked by someone, and that happens all the time too. But <laughs> well, just just a nice little segue that, that just slid a, straight in there, nice, didn't it? That's a nice segue. Nice so, segue, nice stalker, segue. if you're listening, fuck off. 
Leave me alone. I'm fucking sick of it. Anyway, I'll continue to go on. So it comes it comes down to people think they're entitled. Yes, a skip gain. Um, Ian was telling me the other day, he was driving down the road and there was like a skip bin in the middle of like four or five houses and they were all filling it up. That makes sense. Five houses, 500 bucks for a skip bin, 100 bucks. Your rubbish is gone. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, oh. it's, definitely, it's definitely a thing. Um, the, only, the only problem that skip bins present is it's out the front of the house. Because it has to be it has to be accessible to the morale truck that picks it up. I also take my hat off to those guys who pick up morale bins because it's not it doesn't look like an easy job. Um, <laughs> if you put a skip bin out the front of a house, it's an open invite to all the other neighbours who aren't paying for it to go and throw all this shit in there. Um, case in point. Okay, fair point. Why don't you do then what – I don't know, it might not be common up there and I might get some fucking hatred for saying this, but a lot of people here get one-off front lift bins and they're lockable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, know, I, I know where you're coming from. I think it comes – Oh, Patrick's I, I right. It, there, is, there is so many options out there that people can use to get rid of their rubbish – where they don't have to leave the house. Okay, yes, it's going to cost you money, but fucking having kids costs money. Driving down the road costs money. Bloody everything in this yeah, world costs it's not money. Like you can go anywhere to spend money at the moment. Yeah, like yeah. Um, why I've just got a fifty thousand dollar car just parked in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, anyways, I can do them too. <laughs> the, the 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 thing is, and and this is a deep rooted, deep seated uh, thing, is ever since the beginning of time, um, paying money to throw rubbish in in the hole in the ground has always been a very a very sore point, and I think that's why why people have that reluctance to hire skips and spend money on that type of thing. It's compounded also by the fact that, yes, we do get tip vouchers for free in our LGA. I mean, the LGA that I live in, as as a contrast, the LGA that I live in, I get one 400-kilo voucher per financial year. Yeah. So and, these other guys and it costs in other more, LGA are spoiled. And it costs more to go to our tip than it does the one that we work at. So because we what are we now what are we now we're 380 or 385 and i think we're 385 a ton and i think the the LGA that i think is 420 I, I think it's four oh it's more than that i think it's 400 it's like 440 dollars a ton yeah like it's, it's insane yeah um and that's and that's the thing the rubbish, the, the rubbish collection in our LGA also is very is a very very hot button topic. Um, it's it's to the point in our LGA where people ring up and say their bin hasn't been picked up before close of trading. Um, <laughs> a case in point, Ewan Ewan was telling me he was doing a zone there. It was a Tuesday, and yep. he filled up as he was picking up the street. The packer cut out, couldn't do any more work. What a shame! Jump out of the operator's seat and go back to the tip and tip off, 20 minutes went by and our um, employer had already put a CRM in the system to say that a quarter of street had been missed. Yeah, 20, 20 minutes and a complaint come in that I missed the street and I actually rang Ian 
So when I filled up, I rang Ian and said, <laughs> there's 20 bins I need you to pick up when you're driving past. Yep, no worries, I'll be there in 20 minutes. 25 minutes later, I get a phone call from my supervisor that I missed the street. And I'm like, I didn't miss the street. I packed out. By the time I got the phone call, Ian had already picked it up. But that just, yeah, it's like, oh, I, I just couldn't that's, get over it. That's I'm how bad. That, that's that's how bad it is. Yeah. It's I'm telling you now. You need to hire. You need to hire out one of our bosses. So we have two two bosses. Um, what one's male, one's female. If that female boss gets a customer rings up asking about where is the driver, when are they coming, her response to them, her actual response to them is, we are a waste company, not a bus service. We don't run to a timetable. As long as the date is the same date as when you were promised to pick up, your bin will get emptied. Can, can I that's can, can I get that number, please? Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's brilliant. And that's exactly what you need. They need to be saying, I'm sorry, it's not five o'clock yet. <laughs> so we'll leave, we'll leave it there for the episode. We hope that you enjoy two episodes with Ian. Um, yeah, like I said, send us an email or hit us up on Instagram. Let us know if you like him. Or let us know that he's shit. We can say, F you, you're not coming back. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, boys. It's been a real pleasure. Le- Thank you very much. Thanks again. 